0: This is Sean Six from The Liquid Conversations, and I am here with Michael Del Pizzo from the band Sunflower Dead. How are you?
1: I'm good, my friend. How are you this
0: evening? I, I am very well, with the exception of um, some residual Namthrax. Um, we, we saw each other at NAM this year, and yep. I apparently caught all the germs. And brought <laughs>
1: <Good>. them. <laughs> Kept them away from me. Thank
0: God. <laughs> brought them all back here to Boston with me. Um, wow. So if you hear me do a every once in a while it's nothing rock star like it's literally just my nose is running so <laughs> we we uh, we want to we want to sound cool all the time but sometimes we're you know we're human and we we do exactly. human things I wanted to start this off because I've been a fan of your band for for quite a while and, and I got introduced to you guys a few years back I had done a um, album review for an outlet that I was working for about uh, one of your guys' earlier releases and I was kind of struck right from the beginning but over the course of the year years that I've, I've been familiar with you guys as artists, as musicians, the band has had some changes. And my first question is, is Sunflower Dead right now going through a rebirth?
1: Yeah, I would, I would think so 100%. And um, it's kind of a natural rebirth, not something we necessarily thought we would ever do. But um, I guess the kind of like the motto of, of Sunflower Dead is always to just kind of be in the moment as right. much as you can be. Obviously, you have to plan some things, but um, we just kind of try and be where we are and when we were getting we were in the middle of our tour cycle on the last record, and we had all the makeup and all that stuff and the costumes, I personally was just starting to feel that people weren't really hearing the music they were seeing right. what we were doing, but they weren't hearing it, and that was really starting to get under my skin, so I just brought it up to the guys casually, and you know they were kind of feeling the same thing and um You know, and and it's funny, when we went to write our third record, Coma, which is out now, um, I wanted to write a really, really accessible record, like really, really radio. And the guys said, nope, we're not going to do that. We're going to write a a heavier record. Um, So they basically said, you're vetoed,
0: so shut up. (laughs) (laughs) wow a democracy in music how weird is that
1: (laughs) yeah well there's basically three of us that you know because we we got off the last album cycle and our bassist and drummer were out out of the band. so there was three of us so we literally just you know three dudes got to make decisions and that's how we wrote the record and it, it with the combination of wanting to take the makeup off and being frustrated you know considerably that because I don't feel that we were being taken seriously in in a lot of ways. And um, so it's just like, you know, we were like, well, let's just lay it down.
0: It's kind of interesting when you start looking at stuff like that. And you mentioned, you know, not being taken seriously. When you look at how the music industry treats bands to a certain extent, everybody has to stand out somehow or another. You have to find your spot, your groove, your, you know, calling card of, of, you know, sorts. But To do that, you know, sometimes you have to almost act a fool. Uh, It's like you have to maybe uh, assume a persona that isn't necessarily you it is to a sort of an extent because you know you're the one creating it you're the one that's you know kind of feeding off of who you are in general i think you guys definitely went through that i I think that kind of going along with you know the original concept the sunflower dead and you know that being a, a short story and and uh, about you know the sunflowers over the faces and in mm-hmm. these chil- these children that were left for dead, I, I I get the the look, I get the the you know costume type thing that went along with it and the face makeup and so on and so forth. But you if people paid attention to you, you could definitely see that you guys were saying it's almost a hindrance. It's not really right. helping us progress musically, artistically as a band. So we need to to shed this. And and you guys did that this year. You, you actually, I saw you posted something on social media about you got called a sellout because you took the face paint off?
1: Yeah, I know, right? It's like, I was like, wait, what? I was like, you would think like maybe if we were a band that didn't, because actually a lot of bands lately have put on makeup and stuff. I'm like, right. wait, what? You would think that we would be called a sellout. Like, if we put out, like, a a, a more really radio-friendly record and and, and doctored up the costumes to the point where we looked ridiculous more than we did, but we did the opposite. We took it all off, stripped down, showed how ugly we were, and wrote a, a heavy record, and just, I was like, wait, sellout? I was like, what? Like, what? But... Whatever you
0: know, it's it's interesting that people are that fickle. It, it's it seems like we're drifting in certain areas now, where bands are starting to get a little more flamboyant. They're starting to do things like you know face paint, and they're starting to do. And we're not you know necessarily referring to European death metal with with ghost sure, <laughs> ghost faced exactly. and so on and so forth. But you know we're looking at something that's more of a stage production. If you wanted to hearken it back to the days of Kiss, for instance, right. or something along those lines. But I think people are almost kind of doing it out of maybe desperate inspiration because Definitely. they don't know what the hell to do anymore to make people happy, to get them to go to their shows, to buy their albums, to buy their merch, to follow along. I mean, did you guys have that one moment just before you said, okay, we're going to take off the the costume and we're going to take off that aspect of Sunflower Dead? Uh, did you second-guess yourself for a second and say, okay, we've already established this. Do we want to do this now?
1: No, there wasn't much second-guessing, because, and I think that's because we were always happy with the makeup. And, okay. And the reason we were happy with it is because when the band started in 2012, obviously at that point in time, not that makeup or masks or costumes or anything that was new out the other, KISS, right. not Alice Cooper, Mudveins, but nobody was really doing it that was coming up so we were like well let's just go have fun so we kind of took it from that approach you know let's have fun we weren't really thinking like let's get noticed we're like let's just go have a good time and be halloween every night you know right and then it started getting to a point where it grew into wait a minute i have more to offer as a vocalist as as a lyricist as a musician instead of the other guys so let's take a step back so we were like you know what we had no problem taking it off because we had no problem having it. So we weren't embarrassed by it. Like, I still, to this point, will never ha- complain or rip on what we did, except for the fact that, you know, I had to buy makeup lights. <laughs> but barring that, I have no problem with that, ver- that beginning of Sunflower Dead. The only thing we did do was, like, we said to ourselves, let's just write this third record and listen to the song and make the final decision on it when we hear what the music sounds like and when we finished our demos we looked at each other like yeah we're taking the makeup off we don't need it to sell this record
0: yeah and you know and if you if you listen to the music that you guys have, have presented already to the fans and into the music world out there you can see that point where you guys uh, you know in hearing the music you can hear you can see that saying okay Enough's enough. We're not. We're done screwing around. We had fun with it. It got your attention, but now you're going to want to pay attention because this is what's going to really grab you. And it did. And it, it's apparently grabbed a lot of people's attention because this single victim is creeping up the Billboard charts.
1: Yeah, it is. Um, it's uh, right as of this week. It's our, our highest charting single. It's the third song we've ever taken to radio, and it's the highest charting one. And we're happy about that because the one thing about changing what you do is when you've played in front of everyone and introduced yourself a certain way. Now we kind of had to come out and reintroduce ourselves and backtrack a little bit and say, well, now we're doing, we doing this, the music is going to be more serious. So right. we had to almost like get to reconvince people that liked you and then also convince people that really weren't willing to give you a shot. Right. And so far it's going really well, you know, um, the majority of the fans, except for the ones that called me a sellout, <laughs> seemed to be accepting it fine. And the ones that came and saw us on our, the little tour we did in October were like, okay, we like this better. And I was like, cool. And there's just something about like, and I think the most important thing you can do as an artist is, is get down to that honest of what it is you have to offer um, as, a, as a human being. And when you can tap into that as an artist, then I think people start to relate. And and something happened on, on this record But we started doing that. And I don't know if we've done it fully 100%, but we started tapping into that, and we were like, yeah, this is right. This is where we should be.
0: You know, there's something else that changed for you guys, too. In your earlier incarnation with the band, you were using a self-built label, and now you're with EMP.
1: Yep. Yeah, that was another thing. I told the guys, look, I'm not going to... I was adamant that I would not release this record on our own independent label again. We did two by ourselves. We did really well at, at, at establishing ourselves, but it was at the point in, in this band's career that we needed to have some help in, in certain regards. And, um, you know, and that was also when we finished the record and, and shopped it, we had, you know, we had to go through a lot, you know, about six months of, you know, ah, it's cool, you know, but, we, you know, Sunflower Dead, blah, blah, blah. We couldn't even get certain people to look at the emails with the new pictures, you know, because right. they heard the name Sunflower Dead. And all they saw was guys in makeup, so they wouldn't even look at the pictures. They would just automatically say, no, I'm not interested. Right. So finally, EMP was like, oh, we're, we're into this because they like the music. And they signed us without even knowing that we were taking the makeup off. And then when we had, like, a, um, a, a meeting about what we were going to do, and they're like, okay, so we can do this and that with your image. And I was like, well, we're, we're not doing that. And they're like, really? And we're like, yeah, like did you look at our pictures? <laughs> and they were like, no, we just really like the record. And we were like, well, we're not wearing the makeup. And they're like, well, that's really cool too. They're like, we're down with that. They're like, hell yeah, let's go with that. So it just was, it seemed to work out and um, they did everything they said they were going to do for us. And um, it was, it's been great so far. In fact, they were doing more stuff that now that we're climbing the charts on radio, you know, they want to exploit it to help us right. get out there on the road, you know.
0: And, you know, that's good that, uh, and it's, it is kind of. Uh, ironic that you make the comment that... You know, they didn't even notice the picture when they signed you. They just right. signed you off the sound, off your guys' music, right. off your product. And you know, you think of the lay people out there that assume how labels actually operate. You know, oh well, it's got to be a whole package. You know, and they got to have the right look, and you know, they have to have the right you know the right person in the band or the right ratio of artists within the band and all that stuff. Right. And they just kind of said, Nah, screw it. We like how you guys sound. So yeah, you're signed. Awesome. Yeah,
1: I think you know what I think. What it comes down to, when you know, because I talked. All my friends that are signed to other labels, bigger labels, smaller labels. I think it comes down to the people that work at the labels and, and what they're into, and and the bands that fit personality-wise, where they are in their career, you know what they can do for you, what you can do for them, and vice versa. You know, I think it seems to, that seems to be the connection with labels because there's tons of great bands that could have record deals that don't because there's not a person at a label that connects with that band, you right. know, on those personal levels. It
0: makes a difference. So one of the things that I wanted to talk to you about, and um, this is something that I had as, a, as an interaction with you while we were out at Nam, and I think it has a, a, a pretty good connection to you guys making the change to take this kind of costume this makeup off so on and so forth. While we were standing on the sidewalk outside the juke joint in Anaheim and we were talking you know just about things and kind of you know shooting the breeze so to speak blah 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 You and I both had a conversation that ended up in us both making the declaration that we didn't want to be around all the people, that the crowd made us uncomfortable. And I have noticed this about myself the older I get, that I don't like the crowds as much as I used to. And you made the comment, you suffer from a form of social anxiety, is that correct? Yeah, 100%. And... That's kind of, that's really kind of a, a contradiction in terms if you think about it as a, not only as being a, a musician that performs publicly, but also somebody who's the front man uh, in a band. Uh, how has that been for a struggle for you throughout your, your life of being, you know, into music and performing and still having to fight off that inner demon of saying, I really don't want to be around people?
1: Uh, It it only affects me when I have to to be in the crowd, Um, when you have to go socialize to, you know, kind of like shake hands, not with with people that are into the band, but more like, you know, you have to, you know, be the good boy and um, talk to the people in the industry, which is fine, you know, one-on-one. But when there's a lot of people around me, it's almost like with me, I get like um, sensory overload. Okay. Too much is going on. And, and I'm, I'm just uncomfortable because I I have a hard time grounding myself and I'm not a drinker and a partier. So I'm not really doing that. And then I feel, you know, awkward because I'm just like standing there and, and you know, it's just, it's always been like that. I remember being at my first concerts as a, as a young kid at arena shows feeling like, you know what? I love this music. I want to be on that stage, but I don't want to stand in this crowd. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I just, I just was, and not because I wanted to be the rock star, I just was uncomfortable right. in the crowd. It's like, I have no problem being in front of people at all. You can put me in front of a million people, I wouldn't have a problem with that. But to stand with them, and not like an ego thing, just like, it, I'm just uncomfortable. So it's, it's definitely been a hindrance at times. Um, that's not my forte as far as going into like a party or right. a group of people and, and lighting up for them. I'm more of like if you want to have a one-on-one meeting, I'll sit there and talk to you all day but when it's in a group setting, I'm, I'm probably gonna you won't see me after the show. I would rather just go relax and hide. That's kind of my thing.
0: You know that it's it's a big step for someone to take off something that is visually and cerebral. Uh, considered to be a mask. Um, you know, having right. the face paint, having a costume, puts a barrier between you and that, that entity that's making you feel discomfort of some sort, that anxiety that kicks in.
1: I noticed it when, because it, was, it wasn't so much the makeup, because I can never tell I had makeup on. You know, once I put it on, it almost the not feel like it was there. Right. But it was those big black contacts they were like my mask because they kind of like knocked off your peripheral vision and I could feel them on me they were suffocating at times right and I was like the first time I performed without them I was like feel completely naked and and I just and I was just like how, I remember we did a show back in March of 2018 with the new band the new songs the no makeup just to test what it would be like we were like I was like how am I going to perform like what is the new sunflower death who am I and I was like as soon as we started I knew what I was but it was weird. It was like I was naked and, and it was, it was a slight adjustment in my head like, okay, this is different. But at the same time, it was freeing because I didn't feel on stage that I was behind that stuff anymore. Right. I felt like I could just sing at times and get it across as opposed to having to perform. Right. Which is, sometimes you go overboard. You know, you feel like you have to be moving or something to get it across and sometimes you don't. Sometimes you have to just get down with the uh, the truth of the lyric you're singing
0: just let it organically happen and and me working in radio there's a certain aspect that it's very similar you hear radio jocks that are on the air or doing you know production work for commercials and spots and stuff like that and you can hear the radio voice kick in oh yeah and it's like i you know every once in a while i consciously noticed that in myself, it's just out of sheer habit. But then sure. another times I'm like, I'm personally trying to hold it down and say, don't do that. Don't slip into that professional radio voice and you know, so on and so forth. Yeah. It's just like, you know, try to be the normal, you know, casual conversation thing. So yeah, I, I can see how that would be definitely suffocating for you on the stage and kind of making you feel like you were giving a performance, but it wasn't, 100% true. It wasn't really you. And once you took back that, those things, those, the, that barrier to, to, you know, kind of keep you blocked off from the, from the people, then the, everything just kind of flooded out at that point.
1: Yeah, without a doubt. And, and, you know, and the guys, when we were writing the third record, they really pushed me on that. They're like, look, don't, they're like, don't worry about, cause I have a tendency because I write to, to mass things and metaphors and things like that. Right. And and nowadays it seems like people don't want to read into metaphors. They want to take everything literally, obviously with you know the advent of the internet and Facebook and all that. Everything's literal to everyone. There's no such thing as sarcasm, context, or anything like that. It's just literal. Right. And I'm noticing fans are not no longer seem to be digging into the lyrics. That's what I always did as a kid. I was like, what does this what did the writer mean? Right. what does it mean to me? Now it's like, well it just is like like a kid's Kids came up to me and they said, oh, it's so cool that you write horror movie lyrics. And I said, no, I don't. <laughs> I was, like, really offended. Like, I don't write horror movie lyrics. Everything, for me, is emotion-based. So, like, you're crazy. Then I was like, okay, you know what? On the, this next record, the one we just have now, I was like, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to mask it a metaphor. I'm just going to say it. <laughs> and And that's what the guys wanted, and they they prodded me. they're like, "Go deeper, go deeper, be right. uncomfortable, and I was uncomfortable the entire recording process. I was miserable. I went through a huge depression because I was so unhappy about the things I was writing about, but they were pushing me, Come on, go deeper, go deeper, let it out, you know right and and I'm happy with the end result, but it wasn't a comfortable process by any means.
0: like I was telling you that uh earlier I studied art in college, and I had an art professor that told me early on that to create true art you have to suffer if you don't suffer you have nothing to talk about sure and you know that's definitely the case of you know what you did to have to push deeper to go deeper into yourself and to kind of shed that skin that was there previously with the band and and how you guys were visually you know representing yourself once you shed that barrier it was all out and yeah it was probably scary as all hell and it was uncomfortable and it hurt. And, but yeah, man, you created some of the best stuff that you could possibly have thought of making.
1: Yeah. Without a doubt, I, I, I agree on on the, it, it was, it was suffering. It was, it was suffering to the point that I was driving the other guys crazy. They are pushing me, but at the same time, they're like, dude, we're going to, we're going to choke you out, bro. You're so annoying. And I was like, I was like, yeah, but I'm so unhappy. I'm so uncomfortable doing this. Are, you, are these the right songs? Am I singing the right thing? And they're like, oh my God, dude, you sound great. We're going to kill you. Yeah. So it was, it was, but then it, when... I mean, I was so anti what we were doing. Not the makeup, but, but the music. I was like, I don't know, guys. I don't know if this is right. And I'm never like that. I'm always one going, this is what we should do. Right. And they were going, Mike, just trust us. And then when I heard the final mastered record, I went, Oh, I get it. (laughs) Like, wow. All right. Cool. I'm into this.
0: You, you were, you you were having such an emotional moment. You're like, why won't you just love me? And they're like, dude, just hurry up and get it over with, okay?
1: Yes, exactly, exactly. (laughs) Oh yeah. I mean, they were just, they were. I mean, there were nights when I would, I would talk to them while we were recording the demos, and they were like, oh my god, I can't be in the band with you anymore. (laughs) You're, you're driving me crazy. And I was like, I'm sorry, but you know, like I said, when it was all done. We were all like, oh, damn. Yeah. I looked at them. I was like, good call, bros. I was like, good. waves. Thanks for having my back. Get me through this and pushing me because, you know, I think we have something special here and we're going to, you know, take it as far as we can.
0: That's awesome. So, I mean, that being said, you're having a great response to this album. The single Victim is... is Obviously kicking ass. Uh, you guys are in a much better place as far as creatively, emotionally. Things are firing in all cylinders. What's next? What do you do next?
1: Well, what's next is um, we need to get on the road. And, and that's the one hiccup we're having right now is, is since we kind of like rebranded ourselves, we're noticing that we're we're having a, a difficult time finding the tours that make sense for us where we are now. That would maybe have made sense before don't make sense now right so we're having a hard time finding those right tours because you have to be around a certain kind of thing to you know to to sell it right off the bat so we're like you know we're ha- we are having a difficult time with that so we're kind of letting radio do what do its thing like i said the first single's doing great we're gonna pick a second single shoot a video for that get that out by springtime and then you know keep looking for the right tours for this band where we are now and when we get those opportunities we're going to take them and 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 show to ourselves and the people that we we really do belong in this game
0: well you know whoever's listening you guys are available
1: yeah we're available there's no doubt
0: (laughs) it's like somebody who's just newly single we're ready to mingle let's go come on that's
1: right we are ready we are we have our, our uh our, pro- our prophylaxis, we're ready to go. It saves sex. We're just, we're, we're, we're you
0: know,
1: we're, we're good to go. <laughs> we're ready to
0: date. Mike, I appreciate you taking the time to talk to us. I appreciate you being super honest about the life of an artist in a band that has uh, social anxiety. And I appreciate all the effort that you guys are doing to try to make sure that everybody understands you're doing something real. It's not just a gimmick, you guys aren't hiding behind any makeup or costumes. You guys are out there in your face, and they don't have a choice but to like you.
1: Works for me. I appreciate it, man. I appreciate you having me and supporting the band. And It was great running into you at NAMM, and then I hope to see you in the future shortly.
0: All right, man. Thanks.
1: Cool, brother. Thank you.
0: The Liquid Conversations podcast is brought to you by Dirtbag Clothing. Wear it till it stinks.